just before dawn, we were on the endless drive from Augusta to Atlanta. I have the biggest cup of Starbucks coffee you could ever imagine in front of me. And oh yeah, Sergio Garcia won the Masters. Plenty to discuss, all coming up next on the Golf Digest Podcast. Welcome to the Golf Digest Podcast. This is Sam Wyman. I'm here with Alex Myers. Like I said, we're on the drive, uh, Route 20, going west to Atlanta from Augusta after an electric finish to the Masters on Sunday. So much to discuss. Alex, good morning. Morning. Um, I know this is not your best hour, but the the excitement of yesterday probably is carrying over anyway. It is, and you driving is helping for sure. Uh, I'm a little out of it. Although now I'm really excited because we're seeing the exit sign for Thompson, which is where Masters legend Jeff Knox is from. Wow, there you go, so bringing it all full very circle. Exciting, very exciting stuff here. Uh, but yeah, what a, what a day yesterday. You know, Sergio looked like he was going to you know, actually get this thing done. He falls back, looks like it's done, he has no chance. He rallies, still looks like he might lose, uh, misses an opportunity on 18, goes to the playoff, you're thinking... Oh, man, it's going to be Carnoustie all over again 10 years later. Uh, but he comes through. For once, it was his opponent who stumbles uh, under the pressure of uh, uh, down the stretch. Uh, Justin Rose, it's a terrible tee shot on 18. And uh, Sergio does just enough to win. So uh, I'm, I'm amazed that he, you know, I, I thought he, I never gave up hope that Sergio was going to win a major. I really did. But I, I still never thought he was going to win here. So uh, isn't that kind of what you I completely. I mean, everyone who, who follows golf closely and watches just, you know, guys on the range and how they hit it, they have said repeatedly, the guy is too good yeah. to not win a major. He just hits yeah. the ball so well. And look, I mean, he's putted better than he has um, sure. in his career. I mean, we saw a couple of um, jumpy strokes yesterday. But overall, I mean, he, he made a bunch of clutch putts when he needed to. The eagle putt on 15, the, oh. the eventual birdie putt on 18, and a couple of testers early in his round that he had to make that he did. So I was really um, I was really impressed by him. It's funny because on Friday night, when we were talking about this tournament, and we t- we said you know, what's the best story for golf? Or, and maybe it was, I don't know if it was on air or off air, but we were saying that yeah, we were talking about the, the, the best thing, the best story would be Sergio Garcia yes. winning the Masters. And we said something along the lines of, but the bigger thing overall would be Ricky Fowler winning because Fowler just transcends the game. He's, he's a more name recognition. But I don't know. When you want to sell the sport and you want to talk about what makes golf exciting, that's what makes it exciting, is when a guy can finally break through after you know so many disappointments earlier in his career, when there's all these doubts. I mean, it's an amazing story. And I, I will be one of those people who did doubt him. So... I'll own up to that. So I was really excited to see that. Yeah, I mean, even through Friday, even through Saturday, again, just at this course where it seems like he, he had talked himself into thinking he couldn't win, uh, he just kind of thought he was going to fall back. But but certainly the, the storyline is incredible. I mean, you know, coming into this week, it was all about Jordan Speed uh, seeking redemption from last year. But here's Sergio Garcia. He's playing in his 74th major and never won. Uh, in about a third of those, he's finished in the top ten. Uh, you know, uh, go deeper, maybe f- 
five or six really close calls. Uh, just has never seemed to have gone his way. You know, a lot of it's his fault that he hasn't won, but a lot of it is just things that you can't control. And that's, and I think people forget about that in golf, that you're not, you know, you don't have a hand in what the other person is doing, really. Sure. And, uh, you know, he's just been beaten a couple of those times. I mean, the, the, when I'm going back through yesterday, the first three close calls he had were all at the hands of Tiger Woods. Right. And nobody was beating Tiger Woods when, when Tiger, you know, down the stretch in a major. So, you know, he's one of these guys who maybe in a different era he would have a few already. And um, I'm just glad he, he got one because he's certainly deserving. Uh, this was his 10th uh, tour win. He's got just as many wins on the European tour. Obviously a great Ryder Cup player. I mean, yeah. he's now a solid Hall of Fame player. Oh, no player. question. It was being floated around on social media. And there's no, it's a no-brainer. Yeah, I mean, no-brainer. Wait, is Jim Furyk in the Not to discredit no, Jim Furyk. Not yet, but he, he, right. he might. But Colin Montgomery is. Right. I mean, Fred Couples, Hall of Famer. Yep, so, yep. in my mind, uh, Garcia goes... I mean, Garcia, you know, Couples has two players' championships. Right. But still, um, when you factor in Sergio's Ryder Cup record and his European tour record, right. it's a no-brainer in my mind. Right. Oh, yeah, Without a doubt, and you know he's a guy. He, he, Sergio got to number two in the world at right. one point. I mean, he, you know, he's been right up there. Um, and other than you know, he had a couple years where you know after his breakup with, with Greg Norman's daughter or whatnot, he, he kind of fell off the map for a little bit. He looked, you know, really sad out there playing golf. But mm-hmm. other than that, I mean, since 1999, he has really been a force sure. in golf. He he hasn't had many uh, down years. He's been very consistently around the top 10 or in the top 10. Um, so, again, I just, I like to see, you know, we saw it last year with four first-time major winners uh, who are all, you know, not flukes. I mean, right. quite, you know, really good, deserving players. I love it when that happens because I think as it goes on, just think about it, he's been answering questions about not winning sure. major since he was 19. So right. it's kind of way on you. I'm, I'm, I'm glad he got it. Yeah. As you know, I love um, sort of talking about the mental side of the game and how guys are affected by um, by earlier losses. And so much of it is belief. I know Jaime Diaz is writing a piece, probably still writing it right now, yeah. but he was starting on it at 10 p.m. last night about Sergio's attitude towards golf. And to credit to Jaime, he wrote about this uh, months ago when uh, Garcia won in Dubai about how his attitude has changed and how he's, first of all, it's not just about... Uh, believing in your ability to win and, and and come through in these moments, but also your ability to handle difficult outcomes when they do happen. And I talked to uh, Rafael Cabrera Bello last night um, after Sergio won. He said that was the biggest difference with Garcia is that when he's confronted with adversity on the golf course, he doesn't just throw up his hands as he used to. He actually starts thinking, okay, I can get past this and, and handle it. So that, I think that's the biggest thing. And certainly no bigger example than missing that putt on 18, which could be just a complete dagger. Yeah. Um, and going back in the playoff, excuse me, I'm switching lanes, and 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 coming through. Yeah, no, I mean, hitting two perfect shots. You know, he makes a putt. He didn't even have, of course, he didn't have to make the sure. putt, but he did. That, that probably helped a little. But, but no, I mean, I'd go back even farther. I mean, you know, he, he had a three-shot lead at one point here. Um, and then Rose starts to turn it on. And then, but then as he makes the turn, he starts to do what Spieth did last year. He bogeys 10. It could have been worse even. Right. He, bogeys, he bogeys 11. And then on 13, it looks like it is over yes. for him. I mean, that you, you know, the cameras had no idea where his ball was. You know, after it's interesting, he said he hit a good drive. It was just about three yards right. further left than maybe he wanted, and he caught a tree that he, he'd been hitting. 
a cut over um, the top of the trees all week. But this time, he, you know, just a little off. He hits hits a tree. It bounces down. Could have gone in the creek. Um, Could have gone deeper into the bushes. They find it at least. He takes a drop. He takes his medicine, punches out, um, makes a par. And then on top of that, Justin Rose, who nearly holds an eagle uh, pitch shot, misses a short birdie putt. So that should that could have been three shot difference there. He ends up walking away, uh, not losing any more ground. That was the key to me. And, and it, going back to your point, you know the old Sergio. I don't know if he grinds out a par there. No, it's you know he he he's certainly be like, oh, here we go again. Right. It's just the golf gods golf conspiring golf. against yep. me I, again. I I can't go back. I can't get past how. Great a, a theater that golf course is, which I know I'm stating the absolute obvious because yeah. it, it just so many things can happen over those five or six holes, which makes it so amazing. And it would just we should go back and talk about Spieth and Fowler for a second because at least when it comes to Spieth, he actually said that he hit the ball, you know, not bad right. yesterday, and he was like, you know, four or five yards. I'm talking about four or five yards yeah. on a couple of, in a couple of instances, which were the biggest difference. And it just shows you kind of the razor's edge that all these guys walk on. When they play, and some guys sometimes that's all it takes uh, for you know their you know their fate to go the other way. Yeah, I think that's exaggerated even more on Sunday here, especially with some of the pins. Yes, where they they put him in these bowls. I mean, look what happened to Sergio on the first hole. He may you know he's stuck his approach shot. Uh, he found that little bowl. Right. He he basically had a four or five footer, and again it was a great way for him to get some confidence going by making that putt, but it helped that it was such a short putt. He hit, he hit the proper shot. Spieth misses that green, comes up short, and then hit, hit, doesn't hit a great pitch, right. misses that, and that, that's how that's the difference. You know, if you're a little off, you catch that slope. If you're if you're not, you don't catch it. And, and Sergio has an easy birdie, and, and Spieth doesn't, and, and that could be the difference yesterday. You got to take advantage of where they set up the pins. Um, but but certainly, you know, it's funny you talk about that. The, uh, the atmosphere. It is such a great stage, but I ran out there to go see the playoff, and you can't see anything unless you are camped out there early. I, I don't know. People, it basically was word of mouth what was happening. <laughs> um, and then, of course, you hear the reaction from the crowd, but um, I, I didn't see one shot really hit yeah. that playoff, but, but it was still pretty fun to be out there. And the most amazing thing to me was how many people were lining the 10th hole and probably the 11th hole? Right. I just couldn't see that far. And they're just hoping that the playoff go keeps going so they can actually see some action. But they didn't see, they didn't come close to seeing anything. They're just standing there waiting, hoping for, for it to go to 10. So it was a pretty cool scene. So it's worth talking about. I mean, we should allow the guy to, to, to enjoy the victory. But uh, Sergio is 37 years old. I mean, does this, does this allow him to, um, take his game to another level. The thinking would be that now he's freed up. He doesn't have this burden on his shoulders. He's talked a lot about how he's in a happier place in his life. I mean, does he suddenly become a, a, a renewed force on tour? Well, I mean, with the ball striking, you know, as good as it is, it's, it's similar to Henrik Stenson. It's, it's, you know, he's a guy who um, basically at any major, and now that we know he can win at Augusta right. of all places, you, you have to think he's going to be a factor. Uh, that you know, it, it's the kind of thing that if he has any sort of good putting week, yeah. he's going to be in the hunt. I mean, that, that's why he has so many top ten to major championships. His ball striking is that good that he always puts himself in position, and it comes down to making some putts. So, you know, yeah, thirty-seven years old. I mean, this is a guy who 
on Saturday night and said he can basically jump as high as he did when he was 19 right. back at Medina when we all remember him kind of bursting onto the scene. So he's in great shape. He plays a lot of tennis. Um, you know, his fiance is a, is a really in the fitness. He, again, he's, he's in great shape. He's got this renewed attitude, this, you know, he kind of, I remember last year at, at Baltusrol at the PGA before that tournament started, him saying, you know what, it's not the end of the world if, if I don't win a major. I'm, I'm not going to crawl into a cave and never come out. So he, he'd already kind of, it seemed like at least talked himself yeah. into getting over this. But now that he's actually won, I think we're going to see him even looser. You know, it, it, what was amazing was seeing the reaction from other players um, and the, just how excited guys were for him. Yeah, it speaks yeah. to his popularity. Like Rory McIlroy, yep. in, in the middle of the playoff, had a great moment. He's like, just let him have one. He, he didn't yeah. do it. He didn't do it in like a pleading sort of way, but he right. was basically saying the guy so deserves it. And he was one of those guys who, who uh, truly was happy for him after the win. And Rose was really a real class act and saying that if that it was going to be me, it should be. It was a great. It was what a great a moment. moment. Yeah, what was, a moment. Um, it was. A, it was a really exciting Masters, and it it, it, uh, it makes you excited for for everything that comes next. And we talked about DJ earlier in the week. What a strange. What a strange um, feeling it must have been for him yesterday to be watching the Masters. By all accounts, the injury he sustained um, was going to go away right. in like two days. So right. he's probably fine Sunday, and he's watching this go on. But now he probably goes back looking forward to the players and the U.S. Open, knowing there's so much kind of uh, still left out there. Yeah, but, you know, it, it just shows you how quickly things can change. I mean, DJ has all the momentum in the world. He's riding a three-tournament winning streak. And I'm sure he'll be fine, of course, even quickly. But you just never know if you're going to be able to recapture what you had going there. I mean, you look back at even just a year ago, Jason Day, we were saying, this is, I mean, he's taken over the sport. And he had. And he played great golf. uh, It started a little before last year. But then he played great golf all through last year. But he didn't win a major, and he didn't he didn't capitalize on that wave. We saw it a couple years before that where Rory McIlroy right. was going to defend the British. He gets that freak soccer injury. It takes right. him about a year to, to recover. So now DJ's kind of in this position where, man, I, he's got to be thinking, I kind of blew a, a tournament where I, I just came in. Everybody was basically thinking, if I play well, I'm going to win. Right. And you just don't know when you're going to get that back. And even you look at a guy like Justin Rose, yeah, Rory's saying, let, let Sergio win one. I think we're all saying let Sergio win one. But now Rose is only stuck with one. And right. So, you know, you only get so many chances to win majors, and um, it, it just shows you how quickly things can change. Yeah. Who would you think is the biggest disappointment on the weekend? Well, you know, I hate to say that Spieth was a disappointment because he did rally after that first sure. day, after that quadruple bogey. Uh, he was 10 shots behind. He ended up getting in the mix. I think basically everybody was picking him to win yesterday. Yes. But because of that, you know, that was that was the worst round he's ever had here. That, right. And this is the worst finish he's ever had here. I mean, again, it was a pretty respectable finish, but he's a guy who hasn't finished out of the top two. So I think it was set up for him to do well yesterday and, and to to win. I, I'm sure he's really disappointed. I mean, it turns out the winning score was 9-under, so he would have had to, you know, shoot a 67 or right. so. but definitely doable and um, you know it shows he's he's human even at Augusta we knew he was human but um, at Augusta for him to uh, kind of let a chance like that slip away uh, I think it, it's not again he's got plenty more times but right. I think he was the biggest disappointment at least yesterday no no question by the way we, we should look at the stats I hadn't looked at this but 
that ridiculous stat about how often the Masters winner comes out of the last pairing yeah. proves again. And it's probably in large part because of the fact that, um, you know, guys have to go super low yeah. to, to catch them. And, you know, it's so difficult. So, um, Wait, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, just look at what happened yesterday. They were really, in the, after Sergio scrambled for par in 13. They were really feeding off each other down the stretch. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Sergio hits the incredible shot on 14. Rose even answers with a great par putt. And obviously the eagle uh, on 15 when he hits the flagstick. I mean, you can't, it doesn't get any better than that. And then 16, they both trade just amazing shots there. So it, I, you're right. It is There is something that if you're in that final pairing, um, you just – get elevated even more I guess in that situation and again that's why the course is so great right. it kind of brings out these amazing finishes the best moment uh, by far was when the when Rose and it wasn't a discredit to Rose I don't think people were rooting against him but when Rose's score on 17 was posted oh, on yeah. the 18th uh, scoreboard yeah. the crowd went nuts, nuts. Uh, because first of all all these people were probably waiting around the 18th green right. Hoping something dramatic was going to happen, yes. and they got it. They knew it was going to be come down to that. So, it, I remember you know many moons ago being there when Phil Mickelson in two thousand four. People were waiting to see what he did on seventeen to know that it was going to come down to eighteen. It's such a great moment. You know, there's no there's no video scoreboards. People don't have their right. phones, so you're completely reliant on these old scoreboards. And um, when you see that it, the guys were tied going to eighteen, of course they both you know blew putts on eighteen on the first go round. But you knew it was going to come down, and that was really exciting. Yeah, no, and, and, and but again, the difference between 04 and this was people were actively rooting against Justin Rose. And you, you don't see that. Right. Uh, you don't see that usually in tournaments in general, but especially here, where you know, you know, Bobby Jones and Clifford Roberts, and yes. you got the book of rules for the fans <laughs> and how to properly applaud and everything. So um, you know, but I, I think. The, the fans get a pass. Everybody. Yeah, it was nothing. It wasn't about no, no, Justin Rose not, at all. It's not. It's, yeah. it's about Sergio Garcia. I mean, the guys. Almost everybody. Everybody except for these two little kids I saw in the crowd sobbing, <laughs> weeping, and their their dad saying, "Don't worry, he's still a U.S. Open champ. Yeah. He still has a gold." But they medal. had a lot of money on Rose. That they, maybe they did. They yeah. might have. They might have. Yeah. They, they laid a little too too much there. But uh, they had to try to be comforted because uh, their hero had lost. But I tell you what, for, for almost. Everybody else on the course, um, even in the media room. I mean, I, I mean, I hate to say that that we're supposed to be rooting for anybody, but people wanted Sergio to win. I mean, he he'd been through enough, um, and of course, like we said, it, no offense to Justin Rose, but it's just a bigger story, um, you know. And when Justin Rose broke through for his first major, great story. it was a great story yeah. as well. So, um, yeah, everybody's rooting rooting for Sergio down the stretch, and and it's funny because he's through the years kind of thought that. American fans were sort of against him. There have been some ugly incidents. I mean, at the yeah. players a few years ago, uh, the crowd was uh, did definitely cross the line when he was on on seventeen there, and he dumped a couple balls in the water. And you know, you could feel people actively rooting against him, but it could not have been further from the case yesterday. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it has to do with maturity. I don't think it's. I don't think. I mean, pretty small. American fans uh, can be cruel and sort of picking at one little thing and sort of right. jumping on it. But I think a lot of it did root from Sergio's attitude, his yes, body language. Yes. You know, he's, he's said some dumb things yes, yes. in his life, which he has acknowledged. So it's not completely out of left field. 
um, but he's he's really shown a great maturity in how he handles um, you know disappointing outcomes and just you know his his again it's all about his belief how it's so much changed and so I think people wanted to see that they wanted to see that kind of emotional release that we saw on Sunday which was really cool to see uh, because again like you said media doesn't necessarily root but we root for stories and yeah. that was a great story because you want to see a guy finally get over the hump and, and break through in that way yeah by the way 90 miles to Atlanta are we going to make this flight I hope so I mean you had of course you had to check a bag so that's going to that's going to cut yeah, up what to time us, is it 710 710 yeah I place at 9 40 are you saying I'm driving too slow no no you're driving well you've got to be smart you don't want to get a, if we get a ticket we're going to miss right. the flight so you, you can't you, is, there a, is, there a, is there a possibility that if I get pulled over, I can pull the, I'm um, recording a podcast excuse? That would, that might be a first. That might be a first. Yeah, yeah. probably wouldn't fly down. Although there. I can't, I, I have to think this is, like, this is a familiar device, the drive to Augusta, or drive to Atlanta. Podcast? Yes. Yeah, it's, it's been done before. We're not, yeah, we're not uh, creating it here. Uh, you know, you mentioned the thing Sergio said in the past, and even Golf Digest, we had a big story right. canvassing. Uh, a bunch of anonymous tour pros who gave brutally honest assessment at times of different players and it seemed like Sergio almost, he had the, the biggest section of, of comments and it's because of all the things he's said and they, they right. all said that this is a course that really should set up for him because he can work the ball off the tee so well uh, both ways and, and obviously we know what a great, how great of a ball striker he is but they all kind of said he had talked himself into not thinking he was going to win. So we're not the only people that, that thought this. And it, I just wonder if Sergio was, you know, playing us all for fools this whole time and, and, and kind of lying to us or if he, he really has changed his, his attitude. Oh, I think it's the latter. Yeah, I think it's a lot has to do with the kind of serenity. He talked about just being calm. You hear that so many times, by the way. When guys win their first major, yeah. you always yep. hear them say, you know, for some reason, I was just so calm yeah. today. And it's almost like you can't explain it. It's like this uh, transcendent right. moment that happens where the the anxiety you feel uh, in other, on other occasions is suddenly gone. I'd love to sort of explore that deeper. Maybe we need to kind of talk to some sort of yogi or guru yeah. to understand what it is because that's a big part of it. But back to, you know, what was said about him. I think it was, you know, all well-founded. I mean, when you look at the guys who win Augusta National – Almost without exception, it means BJ Singh springs to mind. But usually, um, the guys are great putters. You know, right. when Singh won, it was a really great yeah. ball striking week, <laughs> yeah. and 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 you kind of because you hit it so well and you make just enough putts, you break through. But more times than not, it's a guy like Jordan Spieth or Tiger Woods who's making these ridiculous fifteen footers uh, at big moments. So um, it, it's just the law of averages, and the law of averages say that a guy who is going to miss you know his share of of six footers as he did on the 18th hole and the 16th hole is not going to prevail. Right. Well, that's kind of why you look at a guy like Henrik Stenson. This is the one major where he hasn't really had a close no. call. Yeah. And he's had him in all the other ones, and he finally won, obviously, the Open last year. But similar player, uh, great ball striker, but, but right, you have to putt. I, I know when VJ won, it was, it was a surprise, too. That was kind of the major. People didn't expect him to win. But you, you, we mentioned... Yeah, Sergio talking about being so calm. We were standing out there when he uh, walked out of the clubhouse, walked to the first tee, and right before him, Justin Rose did, and he looked as loose and yeah. calm as anybody, too. But Sergio kind of had this little scowl as he walked along, but he, he I guess that's just his normal 
uh, disposition because you know he 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 didn't um, he didn't look he looked like he was walking to the first tee on on a, on a practice day for sure. But um, it, it is kind of amazing that uh, people do always seem to say that a calmness right. washed over them. Now I'm sure if Rose had won, he might have said the same thing. Though. Well, but, but think, Rose played great. And Rose yeah. shot 69. I mean, under, right. under tough conditions too. So maybe he did. I mean, obviously, if Rose is going to look back at his week, I mean, great performance, obviously, but he's going to look at the bogey on 17, hitting the bunker, which, I mean, he missed by, what, a yard? Yeah. To, to the front bunker on 17. Then he's going to look back at the drive. Uh, on well, The putt he missed on 18 in the in regulation, yeah. and then the drive on 18 in the playoff. But those are those are mistakes that, you know, are, are inevitable over a tense final round. I mean, you, it's hard to be perfect on that golf course. Yeah, well, and, and uh, the short birdie putt on 13, too. Because right. again, that was when he had Garcia on the ropes. Yeah, and, good point. Um, but but uh, but if Garcia had just made that incredible par putt, mm-hmm. really electrified the crowd. Because you know the last thing people wanted to see down that great stretch was no drama. That's what you mentioned by oh, by the yeah. 18th hole, where everybody was so excited that they were going to have a tie. We're trying to even figure out when the last time two guys were tied in the same group. Yeah, well, I think it's we, we, we looked at it yesterday. It was uh, 1998. Omira and Couples. Uh, Duval was in the house, yes. so he was the third guy. And then Omira and Couples. So had Omira not made that putt on 18, three-way playoff. I forgot, but he was playing with Couples. He was playing with Couples, yeah. and he so, made the putt. Right, so two, two guys coming to the 18th hole so of major tied is so good. Um, I, you know, you watch it, and you, you again, you've delved, delved into the psychology of a lot of this stuff, but... I'm sitting there and my stomach is nuts. Right. And I'm not, I just don't know how they can even pull no. the club back under those yeah. conditions. I mean, you know, we, we all it's easy for us to say, oh, someone choked and this and that. And, and again, a lot of times we're not we're not saying we would do better in that situation. Obviously we wouldn't. But it, it's no wonder so many people choke. I, I don't know how, how yeah. anybody gets it done in those situations. Well I think it's worth noting that both guys have played in a bunch of Ryder Cups. Because, that is huge. You know, yep. when guys talk about the pressure they feel, yep. they always say the most pressure is the Ryder Cup because suddenly it's not about just them. Right. It's about, you know, making putts with your either playing partner on your side and yep. your teammate and your captain all watching it. So that kind of pressure, I have, I have to think, fortifies you for the type yep. of arena they were in yesterday. Yeah, definitely. And that's, you know, that, that kind of came up after uh, – when Justin Rose finally broke through, it was like, well, look back to the 2012 Ryder Cup. He beat Phil yeah. in that singles match. He made those three putts at Medina down the stretch. That was sort of like, wow, this guy can can get it done under pressure because before that, he really hadn't right. even had that many close calls at majors. Um, and now you look at, yeah, a guy like Sergio uh, to have all the close calls, but to, he has a great Ryder Cup record. Um, again, I do think, though, when we talk about law of averages, um, I think if you're a player of the caliber of Sergio or, or, you know, Dustin Johnson, finally, you will eventually win a major. Although I guess I say that, like, someone like Lee Westwood still has it. Uh, right. But but for the most part, if you're that good, right. uh, it is it should happen for you at some point. I know, and it's funny because we're talking about how, you know, his belief and his doubts and how he overcame them. Well, yes, all true, but also if you're that ridiculously talented and you're that good at something... When you stand on the driving range and you can hit the ball 300 yards both ways, left to right, right to left, yeah. I mean, it's not like your belief is out of thin air. I mean, right. it's just you have this amazing talent um, that you're able to harness, and he was just able to do it in the most important right. moment. It's also funny, too, though, 
go back to 1999. Um, it's his second major as a pro. He's 19 years old. He nearly tracks down Tiger Woods. Um, you know, if he wins that and, and beats Tiger, who knows? He, he, he could change the course of golf history there. But at the time, we're all saying, this guy is going to win a bunch of majors. Right. We're now saying the same thing for John Rahm. Right. Uh, we're saying, oh, Rory's going to 100% complete the career grand slam by winning at Augusta. He's got 20 more years to do it. It just shows you, you really never, you know, Tiger, sure. Tiger's going to shatter Jack's record. Right. He's going to win 25 majors. You just never know. And um, for Sergio to, Sergio, it almost got to the point where we didn't know he, he, right. it's not going to happen. Right. And um, for him to do it, it, it is a nice thing to see, but 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 again, you just never know. Right. I mean, look at look at Phil Mickelson, nineteen ninety nine. Yeah. Loses loses on yep. the final hole to Payne Stewart, and you think, well, he's going to eventually yep. win a U.S. Open. Yep. I mean, you know, 100%. it's going to happen. That was kind yeah. of the, I mean, obviously won majors. At that right. point, he hadn't won a major, but but maybe that's the story with Rory. Maybe you look at Rory, um, you know, twenty years from now, and you say, wow, you just you just never could get over the hump at the Masters for some reason. We're and we're doing slideshows about yeah. you know Rory's painful <laughs> misses at, yeah, at yeah, the Masters. Yeah. It, it, you know the interesting thing about the Sergio narrative, and it's been touched upon a million times. Is of course, it's in some ways it was really impressive to, to do what he did in 1999 when he when uh, he took you know when he when he was in that battle with Tiger. But in a lot of ways, it's really easy to do it when you have nothing to lose and you're, and you're 19 years old. Where yeah. it gets really hard is when you're sure. 25 and you've won a bunch of tournaments and you haven't gotten a daughter, especially when you're 37 yeah. and you're trying to win a major and you haven't done it. That's where it gets really hard. And they always say, like, you know, young guys have fewer memories of bad shots. Right. Um, and the old guys have all of these demons they had to confront. So um, it's not surprising that guys have these early flashes of, of promise and brilliance, and then when they get into the meat of their career, in some ways, likely Westwood, it gets harder and harder. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, everybody always says that when Sergio was in his teens and, and winning the British Amateur and um, bursting onto the scene of, you know, winning a bunch of t- PGA Tour events really early on, too, uh, that he was a great putter, that he actually, yeah. he was a free, he really was free and loose with the putter, he was great, and, and you're right, as time went on, he got a little more tentative, he's actually had a resurgence the last few years, his putting stats have gotten much, much better, you know, he's fiddled around with a few different um, grips and everything, um, obviously, you know, one when he was anchoring, you know, using a, a belly putter as well. But, um, you know, we saw, I think, a tentative stroke on that that you could blame him. On 17, he comes up really short. He actually left himself a, a tester. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looked to be a little bit of a tentative stroke on 18, although he thought he hit a great putt. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I mean, he, he, he has become a better putter the last few years, and uh, certainly that makes the difference at, at a course like this. You know, we uh, we put the ask in for Sergio to come visit us at our office at One World Trade Center because I would love to see a putting competition between you and Sergio. Oh man, that would be awesome! Is he coming today? Can we get back in time? No, no. I think if it, w- it would be Tuesday. <laughs> oh really? So we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Oh, I mean, man, it's, uh, crack at him. I have. I imagine he's gonna have a full plate. So probably, we'll hope, but probably. That would be fun, though. That'd be great to, to see him uh, in that environment. Uh, yeah, I don't know. What? What? Um, was there any other guys who you wanted to uh, touch on? Well, I mean, we talked about Spieth. We should talk a little bit about Ricky. Um, yeah. You know, you, you can make the case that this was a really disappointing weekend given where he was at the halfway point and certainly where he was going into Sunday. But, 
but by the same token, he hasn't really had a lot of late tee times in majors. I mean, I guess in Valhalla and in um, Hoylake as well were his two other yeah. occasions where he was. But I just think like he's never he never had a share of the lead going into no. a round at a major, and so in some ways you'd say disappointing, and he didn't really get it done, and you know he shot seventy six yesterday. But by the other token, you could also say really good experience that he'll probably draw on down the road. Yeah, I mean, you know, you can't... He's another guy. It's Now it's been uh, three years, but he finished in the top five in four majors in one year. Only Jack, only Tiger have done that other than him. And, uh, you know, Hoylake was pretty close. Uh, Valhalla was close that year in the PGA. So he has had some close calls. Um, he And he's won the players... And he's won a bunch of other tournaments, and he's been kind of solidly in the top ten for the last couple of years. Yeah, I, I think he's still going to try to draw positives from this. Um, you know, he—he's a guy. It's interesting though. He—he—he he, he can be a great putter at times, but he's a really aggressive, bold putter. Yeah. And sometimes on these greens, that works against you. I mean, the ball really has to be dying going into the hole. Oh, I know. Um, totally. The hole shrinks really because the the speed the ball, that the ball's rolling, is going so much faster, it really kind of has to gently be caught by the hole, so I think that hurts him a little, um, obviously his length is a big advantage, he's, he's worked on his swing, he's become one of the longer hitters right. the last few years, um, so, you know, of course, we're, we're going to see more of him, but again, yeah, it's another thing, I mean, he's another guy who we've kind of penciled in as, oh, he'll definitely win a major, Right. He, you know, you never know, you it never could know. be 10 years from now, and he's, he's still trying to win one, so he's, again, always going to be disappointed when you're in that good a position and you don't get the job done. Right, and it makes it all the more impressive when guys do get it done because it's so, you know, you, you're aware of that and the, you know, the room for error is so small in those moments. So when guys break through, as Sergio did, um, it just speaks to, you know, the resolve they show. Of course, a lot of it's a volume game. You know, the more you do it, the more you put yourself in that position, right. the more likely at some point you're going to break through I should, we should just touch upon Tiger for one second, not that we always have to go back to him, but there was a little bit of news, uh, I believe it was Friday night, about how Nona Begay said that Tiger's looking to come back after the players, and I made a remark yesterday about how, you know, golf, does golf really need Tiger Woods right now? And I was being sarcastic and saying that this is such great, compelling theater that it's not like I was missing Tiger at any point. That said... How fun would it be if just to have him back in an environment like this? Oh, it'd be so much fun. And again, you know, I think it was Karen Krause wrote a good piece about it that, you know, Tiger should look to, to Arnie almost. And I know right. it's t- I know it's tough. Tiger can't really – he wants to win every time he plays. But just showing up, yeah, you know, the crowd, totally. the crowd really doesn't even care what he shoots at this point. And the expectations are so low that – you would think he would maybe just show up. I mean, it'd be great for the fans. It'd be, great, you know, great for golf. Uh, and maybe he's maybe he really was still a little banged up. Obviously, he, he couldn't do it. I mean, we don't want him to show up where he, he can't swing a club or right. Dustin Johnson. But but just to play. I mean, it, it really at this point, I think everybody would like to see him. But but no. Once the tournament started, I I forgot about Tiger. Other than Noda coming out and saying yeah. that he actually said it was going to be just after the players. Um, and that he, ha- he definitely has the U.S. Open circle on his calendar. Um, just after the players to the Byron Nelson, which that's where Tiger's uh, cut streak ended right. back in 2005. Then there's um, the Memorials after that, and uh, at Colonial, which Tiger's only played once back in 1997, um, and then the U.S. Open. So, you know, 
we'll see. I mean, we get excited, but uh, we also got excited when he put, you know, four events in a five-week stretch here on his calendar, and he ended up playing three rounds. So yeah. who knows what to think of this time. Notice, obviously, close to Tiger, but he's also close to Tiger where sometimes you wonder if, if you know, he's... Wishful thinking. Wishful thinking, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, it's. I don't think he's there. Well, you, the whole premise of just show up and, and be no, grateful exactly. to play, it's a great idea. But that means that in his mind, he's resigning himself to the fact that he'll never be competitive again. Because it's hard to be both. It's hard to be, right. a, a, you know, it's hard to be the grateful competitor right. and happy to play and also be the guy who wants to get back to a level where he was, you know, the, the dominant player of his generation. That's a difficult balance to strike. And in his mind, he would need... Again, I'm totally speculating, but he would need clarity that you know he is never going to get back to that level. That his days as a competitor are over, and maybe then he can turn the page and say, "Okay, well, I'm just going to enjoy the experience of 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 playing golf at a you know at a pretty good level again." Yeah, I guess, I guess you're right. I guess until you reach that level, it's tough because I, I'm I'm thinking, well, he, he could kind of do that in the interim, yeah. and kind of get the reps that he needs. Tough. I mean, he does need to get out there at some at some point, but um, he really doesn't even want to get out there and play unless he's at, at yeah. his highest level. And, you know, I guess I guess it's you can't understand that he's a guy who got used to winning and dominating for so long. Um, it, it's got to kill him to when he plays and he misses a cut and, and Tory Pines of all places where he's he's dominated. Um, it, it's it's got to be sad because you know he's he is older and but he's 41. I mean Stenson didn't win his first major until 40 last year. You know he's only a few years older than Sergio Garcia. We're talking about oh maybe this will open the floodgates for Sergio Garcia. Got sure. Phil Mickelson's going to turn 47 um, at the, the U.S. Open this year and and you know through. Um, a few holes into the third round yesterday, we're thinking this might be the year Phil wins the Masters right. and becomes the oldest uh, champion winner of the green jacket. So Tiger, you know, if he gets healthy, he still does could have a few more years. But, uh, yeah, it's also, though, when these reports come out, it, sadly it's gotten to the point where it's tough to know what to believe in. Yeah, it's totally true. Well, anyway, we shouldn't spend too much time on Tiger because we don't want to take away from, sure. from Sergio really was an impressive performance and fun fun to watch and you know it always this time of year for us we live in the northeast you go you come to the masters and it makes you so excited not only for for the rest of the major season but for your own golf season and playing golf yeah, and yeah. i definitely feel juiced up and kind of depressed to get on an airplane and go back home to the 50 degree temperatures but we'll, we'll deal with that later but uh anyway that's it for uh for this edition of the golf digest podcast this is sam wyman with alex myers thanks so much for joining us and uh check back with us next week to see who our guest is Hopefully we make our flight. Hopefully we make our flight.